So I was super excited to see the listing of characters for this upcoming film because honestly, I could actually watch Emma Thompson do nothing but paint a room and be entertained. (laughs) She is one of those actresses that is just baller. She is one of the queens of England, as they like to say. And that was what instantly drew me to this film as well. Beyond knowing that Emma Thompson was in it, I didn't actually watch the trailer. I had no idea what I was getting into. And oh my gosh, this movie blew me away. On that note, we'll tell you all about Children's Act with Emma Thompson. I'm Kaylee. I'm Tuesday. And this is Whiskey and Popcorn. the second adaptation of a book, The Children's Act, by Ian McEwan, and it premiered on the 2017 tour Toronto International Film Festival. Fiona May, played by Emma Thompson, is a high court judge in London who has been taking on some very high-powered, high-pressured family law cases. Sadly, her marriage to husband Jack, played by Stanley Tucci, suffers greatly due to her workload. While her and Jack are at throws with each other, Fiona takes a state case for a 17-year-old boy named Adam. And this boy, he is hyper-intelligent and incredibly passionate, but he is suffering from leukemia and is refusing a blood transfusion based on his family's beliefs. They are Jehovah's Witnesses, and they're fighting with the local hospital to respect their religious beliefs, their right to choose what happens to their son. And since Adam is 17, even though he's only a few months away from his 18th birthday and then legally an adult, he doesn't have the right to make those decisions, but he is adamant about his decision to decide this. My lady, the law is clear. He has no autonomy in the matter until he's 18. Slice it as my learned friend may, he is not 18. In so important a matter, there can be no sheltering behind the couple of months that separate him from his 18th birthday. It's clear that Adam has a full grasp of the religious principles on which his refusal of treatment rests. It is a patient's basic right, protected by common law, to refuse treatment. I submit my lady should not be tempted onto the dangerous ground of undermining so fundamental a human right and the precious dignity it confers. Given the unique circumstances of this case, I have decided I would like to hear from Adam himself. I need to know if he understands his situation and what he confronts, should I rule against the hospital. I'll go now to Adam's bedside in the company of his guardian. I'll give judgment in open court when I return, probably after 7 p.m. Court rise. After hearing from experts in the courtroom and from Adam's parents, physicians, Fiona decides to go the unorthodox route and actually go and meet Adam in the hospital. And they have this really like profound, life-changing conversation together. They even have a moment where Adam plays his guitar and 
Fiona actually sings the song, the lyrics to the song he's playing, which he had no idea there were lyrics to, and it just blows his mind. And Adam explains to her why he doesn't want a blood transfusion. And Fiona ultimately decides on the hospital side and forces the family to accept the transfusion and the drugs that help put his leukemia into remission. Now, a while later, while Fiona and Jack's marriage is still in oddly quiet but calm shambles, Adam, now healthy and attending school, begins writing and calling Fiona. When this outreach goes unanswered, Adam begins to show up at her work and social gatherings. Now, Fiona stays professional and keeps him at an arm's length, but soon she realizes, was that the best idea or did she make a mistake? This film, like I said, I walked into it so blind. It just hit me broadside. The story itself, it's about these really difficult issues about life and death, a parent's right versus what the state thinks. And, of course, laws are different in Britain than they are here in the U.S. So there was that real-life case of the two-year-old boy who had a life-threatening disease, and he was essentially on some sort of life support, and the family were fighting to get him out of the UK, if you all recall, so he can try some other medical treatments in the US, in Canada, anywhere else. And the British courts and the hospitals were saying, no, you're just prolonging the kid's suffering. He need to let him go, Uh, which was very tragic. So these sorts of cases that are kind of shown in the film happen in real life and Fiona as judge I I just kept going I am so glad I'm not a lawyer how can you make the decision look at a parent's face and say no your child needs to die or in this case no your child needs to live you don't get to make the decision based on your religious beliefs and I think if you're somebody who is religious or particularly Jehovah's Witness, this film might be really difficult to watch because I don't think the film takes a kind view at all towards religious belief. At the same time, the story was just so compelling. But you can see the outcome of Adam getting a chance to live and have a second life, and yet it just spirals out of control, which is not what you think would happen when you have a second chance at life. No, it... Ultimately, my first reaction when I finished was how emotional I was about it. And, I mean, these issues are current. Religion and law and where these things land in our everyday life. And, ultimately, the rights of a child, like you said. And it was it was really hard watching the movie and wondering, is this really Adam's belief? Or is this just all he knows because his parents raised him this way? And he even discusses, like, hey, I had this really awesome plan to have, like, this YouTube video of, you know, how I go out. And I'm going to go out with all this power and strength. And, and then you realize, like, how truly young he is. And maybe he doesn't know what's best for him. And honestly, I don't know if I could handle the rulings that she does on what seems to be a very regular basis. Just fighting those ethical and religious questions regularly has to have a toll. And sometimes that is on yourself and your marriage. And we see that in this film, the relationship between uh, Fiona and Jack. 
for the most of the movie is non-existent but that is just true to their life situation she is so wrapped up in her work which she's good at but to the detriment of the relationship with her husband to the point where he goes out and has a an affair he comes back after two three days yeah, it, it was minimal at best but she won't talk to him at all she's furious and but he says and i think rightly so he's like you left this marriage years ago he makes the point that they hadn't kissed in like six months they hadn't had sex in a year how is that relationship sustainable and and how can she be so furious at him to the point of shutting down that that's the interesting thing she's like so powerful and knowledgeable as a lawyer and yet when it comes to her personal relationships it's just in shambles and almost like a teenager in her own way she, she has this kind of that adolescent element that mirrors adam's adolescence in a way yeah i i feel that they both go through huge emotional turmoil throughout the film and honestly as a workaholic i really sympathize with fiona i've spent plenty of time neglecting friends and family to work on side projects and and things like that and I could very well see myself as Fiona when I'm older I mean there's times I could go days without speaking to my own roommates and how that can very much be paralleled with a marriage and you know I, I've never had a healthy work-life balance and there really isn't any of that at all so I uh, we're very Pisces I'm a Pisces we're very much all or nothing mm -hmm. and that's very much how she is and I have to say as much as we grow with both Adam and Fiona the husband Jack had almost little to no character development which I found super interesting and her assistant almost got more personality than he did which it, they made it clear it really didn't have to do with the marriage at all it was part of the plot, but we just, we got none of him, really. Yeah, well, I mean, and I love Stanley Tucci, and I really sympathize with his character because how awful would it be to be married to somebody for decades and just slowly drift apart? You know, somebody that you love, he makes it clear how much he loves her, but she is not making room for him anymore, and it's devastating. And yet I, I'm with you on the fact that I can totally relate to Fiona and the workaholic and the I got to get this done and I got to prep for that and I got to write this and, you know, it sounds like my life. And in a way, it makes me want to check my own, <laughs> my own workaholic tendencies, um, which, you know, that's when a film can make you think about yourself. That's always a huge testament to how great the film is. And there is some twists and turns at the end, which make you really think, you know, should Fiona have been f with him more or supported him more? Or was she supposed to stay the professional route? And even when the credits started to roll, I didn't know how I felt about it. And uh, I now I know this film is most likely going to be probably limited release, but oh my God, if Emma Thompson does not receive an award for this, I swear. <laughs> I mean, gosh, like just brilliant, 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 brilliant. All the performances, but definitely Emma Thompson is evocative. Her performance is just stunning. 
like I said, because she's got that powerhouse female uh, lion-esque <laughs> aura about her when she's in her lawyer role. But then when she's thrown into those uncomfortable human relationships, human re- interactions, whether it's with her husband or with uh, the kid Adam, you know, you see she's kind of landing wrong footed and unsure of herself. And like, how human is that? Like, you know what to do when you're in your element, but throw yourself out of it. And like, oh my gosh, what do I do? You could see her thinking it, her character is thinking it. And it's just a sign of how amazing Emma Thompson is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My one and only very little critique of the film was that it was almost too neat and tidy for me. And by that I mean it very much felt like an upper-class white couple who has discussions doesn't fight. You know, I, I almost wanted screaming, and I wanted anger, and I wanted Adam to yell, and I wanted her poor husband to scream at her, but everything was kind of a discussion. And we don't air our dirty laundry and we don't discuss it with our friends and (laughs) we just kind of play like everything's cool. And it was almost, it wasn't monotone because there was so much emotion involved with it, but there was never any yelling. But that's so British. I know. (laughs) This is a British film. I'm too American. (laughs) It's so incredibly English. Like, you know, you have an awkward interaction with somebody at work and then you see them outside of work. What do you do? You cross the other side of the street and pretend like you didn't see them. You take the bus going the other way. (laughs) It's just like you avoid confrontation. I mean, Jack literally walks into the room and says, so I think... I'm thinking about having an affair. Like, what American does that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's some sort of hoity-toity PhD professor, and she's a lawyer. I'm like, of course they're speaking at that level. Of course they're having (laughs) a lovely discussion about getting a divorce. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I can hear what you say. I don't take that as a critique because it's so English, (laughs) But Which means it's right up your alley. It is right up my alley. <laughs> so, I mean, how can you deny it? Um, yeah, I I think for me, the, the main critique is whether or not this film was fair to those who are religious. Which I think if you're a non-religious person, you're not going to care. But... There's, I mean, here in the U.S., you know, a lot of people are religious. And I think that the issues that come up in this film and how they're handled will be really difficult. And I was going back and forth myself going, the the representation just felt really harsh and really critical. I think it tried to balance it out because ultimately Adam seems to stick to his religious beliefs, possibly. It, it seems unclear to me at the end whether or not he, if he was sticking to his beliefs because he was a Jehovah's Witness or or what, but... Or maybe even trying to get back at Fiona or, I mean, it it's all based off of this one poem that she kind of haphazardly reads and then we kind of are left to decide if this was like a stick it to you, Fiona, or if this was a no, how dare you lead me astray and, you know. Yeah. So that's, that's up for all of our interpretations, really. And I think that is what the the film does well is that it ultimately is up to you to decide, you know, does the film ask the right questions and does it answer them? And even where you land on the discussion in general, 
because that really is heaven forbid one of us be in that situation where a government decides for us or we have to decide ourselves and what that looks like Mm -hmm. it's it's super real so make sure you guys find this film no really if it's limited (laughs) engagement look it up and find that artsy theater that you know is around but you always skip it and find this movie so we've recently had a awesome uptick in subscriptions and you can be one too so look us up on itunes stitcher or soundcloud and if you're one of those tweety kind of people we've got facebook instagram and twitter and we post all kinds of interesting things on those pages including and not limited to our reviews but also interesting hollywood news thinky pieces from other outlets so we definitely try to keep you guys informed on what's going on in the movie world thanks again so much for listening we will see you at the movies 